Welcome back to week two of the NFL season. This is Spread Talk. As always, I'm Isaac. And I'm Will. And we've got a slate of games to discuss. We'll hit on this week's matchups, talk a little baseball, review our picks from last week, and give you some for this week. But until we get to that, we will start out, as we always do, with our weekly projection for the Browns game. We um, see Browns minus two and a half, but we see the over-under is incredibly high. It is set at 51 and a half. Um, So what are these lines telling you, Will? Telling me that Vegas must not like either defense or they love both offenses. I'm going to go with the latter um, because both defenses can be shaky at times, but they feature a lot of good playmakers. Um, But the offenses are different stories. They feature a lot of good playmakers, both of them. uh, And they're usually pretty consistent. I mean, the Browns will run Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at you until, until you finally get gassed, but, and then they'll just keep running it some more. Uh, yeah, the, the Vikings Baker- offer a, a, a very different look on offense, though. They've got those two wide receivers, Thielen and Jefferson, um, mm-hmm. to contest with. So it'll be interesting. It's two incredibly different offenses, one that's completely uh, clock management, ground control. The other one's kind of an air raid offense. But they also have Dalvin Cook. So, like, they're incredibly yeah. dynamic across the board. But, like, in that same vein, the Browns have Chubb and Hunt, but they also have OBJ, who's back. So – um, two, two very different offenses, two high powered offenses. I'm eager to see how that works out. The one, the one thing I'm nervous about, um, is the depth report for the Browns this week. Um, especially with Greg Newsom being sidelined week to week. Um, greedy Williams will be starting across the field from Denzel Ward. Um, but I did read that greedy had like a, a player rating of like 90 something last week. So definitely played well. Um, And again, drafting a corner in the first round when you had two starting corners is a happy problem to have. So I'm excited to see what greedy does. Uh, I expect a little more rotation with Troy Hill, even though he's a slot corner. I know that Thielen plays the slot a lot, so we'll see. Yeah. A matchup I'm very excited to watch uh, as a Browns fan is I don't know if he's playing on the left side or the right side for Minnesota, but it's Rashad Hill on the offensive line. I saw a stat where he was ranked. I believe it was 72 out of 74 tackles so far this year. Uh Um, So (laughs) depending, I mean, it doesn't matter what side he plays on. He's going to go up against Clowney, Miles Garrett, or Tack McKinley. Um, Either way, that's, that's the matchup I want to pick on. If I'm Joe Woods and the Browns, I want to, design stuff to that side try and try and pressure him a little bit I mean the guy hasn't been good this year to put it simply to put it nicely um but design some plays to that side uh put a lot of pressure on Cousins I mean Kirk Cousins from a clean pocket we all know is lights out but when you start to pressure him, that's when that's when the notorious Kirk Cousins shows up. Yeah, when he's um, as mobile as a tree. Yeah. Mm. We need to, as, as a Browns fan, I can say it, we have not forced a lot of turnovers this year. We need to start forcing some. And pressure is how you get most of those. You either – Turnovers were you know, kind Miles of the Garrett, defense last year. Yeah. It's, it's, 
but if we can get pressure, we can get the signature Miles Garrett strip sack. Um, we can get, you know, bad throws into tight coverage. Uh, I look, I'm looking for the defense to step up again, um, but in a different way than last week. Last week was all about the, the sacks. I want turnovers this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Miles Garrett is finally – not that he was in a lull the first couple of games. He was just getting chip-blocked a lot. The Vikings offensive mm-hmm. line I don't think is amazing. I think it's serviceable and it's definitely better than the Bears. Um, but I expect him to make an impact. Um, oh, yeah. I do think he is a top three pass rusher in the world right now. Um, and personally, I don't think he's three. So – I don't know. Um, incredibly taunted. There was a Twitter video going around about Miles Garrett's pass rush against that Bears offensive line. Um, I don't know if any of the listeners saw this video. We'll retweet it on our Twitter because I thought it was absolutely bonkers. But it was incredible. Um, Miles looked like he teleported. And you would think it was like a a frame glitch. You'd think it was like a video editing problem, but the rest of the defensive line and offensive line are moving at normal speed. So it was only him that looked like he glitched and it looks like he glitched himself over two yards instantaneously to beat the left guard on a block. And I don't know, my explanation doesn't do it justice, but it's insane. It's incredible. We'll recreate it. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. But I do want to mention, speaking of the defense, um, I think, think we found the missing the missing piece and that would be jok yeah and i agree he is just all over the field tackles you know tackles for loss he was even i think he broke up two passes last week yeah and he was up for <laughs> the guy can do everything he can do everything that was we got two first round picks in this draft i'll just put it that way it's oh, it's think, as simple as that i think i so. thought i didn't even think he would fall to us at with our first round pick. I agree. My, but. my choice for the first round pick would have been Jeremiah Usukormo, but clearly the people in the room at the Browns facility know more about drafting and player personnel than me. They certainly felt confident enough that he would fall low enough that they could trade up to get him, which they did. Um, and I like that. That's such I mean, a Newsom has been good too. So yeah, no, he's, he has been great. It's been awesome. Um, I wonder how those closed door conversations go, though, because I forget why JOK fell. I don't I even think know. it was like a medical, like a, a flag on like a something like that, like on his physical. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I think I that's just a, I think that's just a classic case of trying to outthink the room. Um, mm-hmm. You draft a guy based on his potential anyways. Um and half the first round picks in the NFL bust as it is. So you kind of, you're taking a risk with every pick you make. Um, and if the only risk you know of is possible medical, not ability, you draft based on ability. And clearly the Browns knew that he would fall and they let him fall right into their lap. So um, can't say enough about Andrew Barry right now. I've been very, very pleased with our drafting the past few years. If you look back on our picks, like our, high round picks i don't i can't identify any that have really busted like i i yeah uh you can call greedy williams that now but i mean he's not he's not anywhere near a finished product no i don't think especially based on his 
uh, PFF grades. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you look at it right now, uh, missing all of last year and, you know, that whole mess, a lot of people would start throwing that B word around, but yeah, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't I either. Some people would. Yeah. Also, Grant Delpit still looks good. Oh, yeah. Definitely not a bust. Another I, I first rounder that, in the second round. Yeah. I predict that Delpy is going to get a, a sack this week. Um, he is the he is the definition of a strong safety. Yeah, awesome to see. He's he's fun to watch. He is very fun to watch. Yeah, that Browns defense has a lot of players that I like watching play, but one of them hasn't been playing too well. I I I think this week's a big week for Denzel Ward. He needs to yeah. step up. He knows it. He's going to be yeah. attacked. Um, he needs to step up, and I think he will. Yeah, he's still he, a Pro Bowl corner. He'll be fine. But yeah, guys like that don't stay down very long. Yeah. God, his rookie year was so incredible, though. I remember watching him play the first four games of the year. Dude had like four picks, uh, a field goal block. Like, mm-hmm. do you remember this? Yeah. Didn't he have that two pick game against the Steelers? Yeah. And his debut. <laughs> yeah. And. Very rarely is a corner worth a, a top five, top four pick, but he has done all that and more. I agree. Um, any last thoughts on this Browns matchup? My final score prediction is Cleveland 27, Minnesota 23. That's what I'll go with. I'm, I'm rolling with 30 to 24 all Browns. Right. All right, so we both have the Browns covering. <laughs> Good. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Staying in the NFL, um, perhaps you guys heard, but Tom Brady is going back to Gillette this week. Um, and I think this is a big game, not just for, obviously, playoff implications for both the um, Patriots and Buccaneers, but okay, it's let's, a- let's not get too bold and call the the – Patriots playoff team. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But for the Buccaneers, at least. I do think it's a legacy game, though. Uh, Gronk yeah. to a lesser extent, but for definitely for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I think that Tom Brady will beat the Patriots, um, and I think he will beat them pretty handily. And Belichick doesn't need to win this game to preserve the legacy, but he's got to stay competitive in it. I understand he's starting a rookie quarterback and all of that, but um, – in the wedding that once was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, since the divorce, Tom Brady is very clearly one, you know? And so it's up to – the onus is now on Belichick to prove that he can still be a viable coach in the league. Not to say that he's not, but um, as the heralded best coach in the world ever, um, it's just a big game for him. I'm, I'm excited to see how he responds, and I expect it to be a kind of a slugfest, early at least. Yeah, and – to kind of feed off that a little bit, I think I think Tom Brady's had more success since leaving than Bill Belichick has had. Oh, because, yeah. I, I, because yeah. of the <laughs> the talent in both places. I mean, the Patriots, they're not lacking for talent. They're an NFL team. But compared to the Buccaneers, it's, it's Alabama against, you know, probably like a Cincinnati yeah. in terms of talent. Uh, not to say Cincinnati's a bad football team. I like watching them play. Um, but I know what but, you mean. But they don't have, you know, the top 
the five stars, like all that stuff. Um, Tom Brady went in there and immediately had two Pro Bowl caliber wide receivers and then yeah. got them to bring in Gronk uh, and, with the top five Brown. O-line and a good defense. Yeah, um, and Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette. And yeah, so, yeah. so right meanwhile, the Patriots yeah. have – had a quarterback controversy between Cam Newton and um, uh, who was Matt who Jones. was the other guy last year? Last year, oh, last year, yeah. Oh, uh, Jared didn't Stidham. he have to win the job? Yeah, they had a quarterback controversy between Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham. Um, <laughs> I like to think that's not all too fair when you're going up against you know, the talent that the Buccaneers have. So I think, I think last year wasn't really a great year to judge who was better, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. Uh, This game should give more of an idea, although not a perfect one. Um, You know, the Patriots are obviously rebuilding. They, when, when, when Tom Brady was there, they gave up, you know, they made a lot of moves for the win. Now, Um, now we're kind of seeing some of the consequences of those moves. Um, you know, aging guys on bigger contracts, not, not huge contracts with bigger contracts. Um, and it doesn't cripple them, but they could have, you know, built for sustained success. Kind of like if we hop across sports here, kind of like what the Indians are doing, uh, little moves during seasons, uh, to get expiring deals out and get young talent in, um, the Patriots could have done that. But they were in full win now mode, rentals, all that good stuff. Um, but no, I think I think this will be actually a blowout. I I I don't think this will be a close game. Uh, I just think the talent on both of the teams is is night and day. Well, yeah, here's Bill the, Belichick can yeah. coach a great game, but if if the players don't execute, it doesn't matter. So. Yeah, I like I like Tampa Bay in this a lot. And it really doesn't matter who the coach is if you have your Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, none of us are going to yeah. say Bruce Arians is the man as compared to Bill Belichick or anyone else in the NFL, you know, save a few head coaches that are on the chopping block. I don't think Bruce Arians is a proven NFL winner. He lucked into a situation last year, but if you look at his history as a head coach, it hasn't been illustrious. So once you get your quarterback, that solves a lot of problems, obviously. It patches a lot of holes. And if you look at previous Super Bowl winners, when was the last time a team won a Super Bowl without a top five quarterback? The Eagles. No, but, or but Blake Bortles almost Flacco, made it to a Super Bowl. But he didn't. <laughs> but he didn't. So the oh. Eagles and Flacco over the last 10 years, 15 years, that's probably it, right? Yeah, but I'll, but I'll tell you what. I I don't understand the Joe Flacco hate. In his prime, the guy could play. And that's what that's when the Ravens were In his prime, Joe Flacco good and they won. Fine. And he was prime, what? Joe Flacco was he was fine. He was good. He was he could actually beat up on the Browns, cool. but everyone could beat up on the Browns. Okay, but Joe Flacco was the unquestioned leader of those teams and of the offenses on those teams. Okay, I was about to say, you mean those Ray Lewis more <laughs> Ravens? Am I here? No, too. <laughs> but to to get that far and to win a Super Bowl, 
you have to not just be a good leader, but you obviously have to be good. Um, oh yeah, I'm like not very like very a, good. I'm not saying they're trying to win a Super Bowl over here with like Teddy Bridgewater, but Joe Joe Flacco on has podcast. never gotten. Yeah, no. <laughs> Joe Flacco's never gotten the credit he deserves, and I am a firm. I'm firm in that. I think I think he deserves more credit. But that was just a tangent. <laughs> just going on a tangent there. I, I love Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco may be elite. Who knows? Um, was elite in the past. Was, Not anymore. was elite for a was. season. He was elite for a playoff run. That's all you need. He was elite for one playoff run. And all you that's need. all I will say about that. You don't win quarterback. Or you don't win Super Bowls with quarterbacks who aren't elite. All right, I agree. Anyway, <laughs> uh, big games this weekend. Uh, Thursday night football. We'll touch on it just for a second because this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, October first. Welcome to October. But a surprisingly <laughs> good game between two bad teams. What's up with that? You can't call them a bad team technically since the Bengals are leading the division. You're right. The three so in terms of record, not a bad team. In terms of record, not a bad team. But as far as the eye test goes, a bad team. I mean, they're not. I'm ho- I'm hoping <laughs> this early season, uh, early season success keeps keeps Zach Taylor around. <laughs> he's proven he's not a very good coach, not a great play caller either. I'd like to keep him in the division a bit longer. There are pieces of Cincinnati that I really do like. I like their. Yeah wide receivers and I like their safeties. I think Von Bell and Jesse Bates is a pretty good safety room, but oh yeah. I don't love their corners. I don't love their front seven, except for Larry Ogan Joby. He's pretty cool. Um, okay. Don't forget Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard's good too. You're right. He's been good. So You're they right. got two two pieces yeah. up there. Yeah, they got two. But if you ask me to name a Cincinnati Bengals linebacker with a gun to my head, I'd say put a bullet in me now because I can't tell you. Vontez perfect. Once upon a time, you're right. <laughs> and for that matter, I forgot they still have Pac-Man Jones. Do they actually? No, they don't. No. Absolutely. Okay, I was going to say, there's no way he's still in the league. <laughs> no, I thought absolutely. he's been out of the league for five years. Yeah, absolutely not. But, oh, I don't know. I was skeptical of Urban Meyer coming into this year. I thought he would work because I think he knows personnel pretty well. But again, when your best player is DJ Chark or Miles Jack, it's it's a it's an uphill battle. Yeah. And especially when your number one overall pick quarterback plays like a fifth round rookie quarterback. He'll be fine. I do think Trevor Lawrence will be fine. He's too good to not be fine. It's just he's surrounded with nothing. And to pour us all the Jags fans hope he'll be fine. I wouldn't say he's surrounded by by nothing. You're right. His receivers are are fine. His running back is fine. They're both actually. I take it back. His receivers and running backs are good. His offensive line is bad. Yeah, and it's hard to play behind a bad offensive line, but but he has the weapons. I bet they wish Um, they had right now a first round left tackle instead of Travis Etienne. (laughs) Wow, that would have made. That would have made so much sense. Who who would have ever thought of that? Yeah, not me. That's for sure. Incredible. Yeah, uh, I still 
I'm still upset about that pick of Etienne. As a James Robinson fan, I'm upset about that pick. <laughs> I also don't like how it took – what is it, week four now? It took the first three weeks going by for Urban Meyer to realize that James Robinson, Robinson should be a focal point. But yeah. beside the point. Something that's – The Jaguars are just – They're bad. They're kind Something of, that's funny, but, I mean, mildly interesting, more funny than interesting. The last time the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars won a football game was week one of last year. Against the playoff team, right? Against the Colts. Yeah, they were a playoff team. At least playoff caliber. (laughs) No, no, they were a playoff team. I I remember. They they lost to the Ravens in the playoffs because um, Phillip Rivers was a shot fighter. But, (laughs) yeah, that was the last time they won. They tweeted out something like, we're not satisfied with 1-0, and then they continued to be satisfied with 1-0. Yeah, they weren't satisfied with it because it hurt their chances of getting number one. <laughs> yeah, then they went one and fifteen and are currently zero and four with the uh, most transcendent quarterback prospect in the last ten years, according to Pro Football Focus. So starting to get reminiscent of those Browns teams. Do with that information. One and thirty-one at one point. You're only twelve games away, Jacksonville fans. <laughs> only twelve games away. Man, that's so, so scary. But you know what? It could happen because this Jacksonville team is so bad. I don't really see, unless they play a team that is like COVID protocol for their entire wide receiver room, I don't see where they have a unit that's better than anybody else's they match up with. I mean, Chark and Chenault are fine, um, but it's not like they're a top, 15 wide receiver duo even i wouldn't even say that i would say they're bottom half of the league yeah i i would agree with that so i chanel is such a good weapon i thought he'd be great in an urban meyer offense but i don't know if he's been underutilized or what or urban doesn't like him but i don't know i i was looking for him to have a big year but a little disappointing so far uh, we'll give it time. We'll see. Do you think it is the Jags? We'll play hard their remaining over under at two wins. This is a long term discussion for the podcast. Will the Jags win two games this year? Yes or no? Or will it push at two games? I, I'd have to look at their schedule. I haven't looked at their schedule, but judging based on the division they're in, I think it's possible. Uh, they're in a division with the Texans. Oh, so yeah. There's there's two However, at least competitive they get, games. They did get boat raced by the Texans already. So. True, but that was with Tyrod Taylor. Someone is knocking on my door. I think it's maintenance. I'll be editing this out. I'll be right back. Sorry, listeners. I will edit out that dead spot, but a little update on my personal life. I moved back into my apartment this past week. I had subletters. They trashed my apartment. Um, not in a bad, bad way. They just left it very dirty. If these subletters are listening to me, um, I'm sorry for subtweeting you on the podcast. I did text you about it. You guys shot back (laughs) very incriminatory text and I didn't. So I just let cooler heads prevail. Anyways, here's why, here's where I let my anger out. There was hair everywhere. You'd think that they let a medium sized dog live here all summer. Anyways, the toilet came off its hinge and I had to call maintenance to get it fixed. And that's what's happening right now. So if you hear 
bumps and bangs in the other room. I promise there's, you know, nothing bad or dangerous happening. It's just my toilet. <laughs> so anyways, sorry about that. Where were we? Jags, they're bad. Yeah. All right, next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So before we segue into my favorite, well, for this week, not my favorite part of the show, my, my favorite slash least favorite segment this week let's talk a little baseball we haven't done that in a little while mostly because the cleveland baseball guardians of traffic are bad again um, yeah so just not fun to watch either i agree they're they're so it's, it's hard watching so aggressively average yeah it's hard watching a team that's not a playoff team have no contention like have literally a zero chance at making zero percent chance of making the playoffs yeah it's it's hard to watch those games and enjoy them but i guess we're spoiled you know because since terry francona is taking over the cleveland baseball guardians of traffic have been viable have been a viable playoff team for um the last six years yeah i think so do we still have the best record in the al since this hiring yep so can't be that upset Works about for it. me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the I'm excited for next year. Huh? I'm excited for the future. I oh mean, yeah. I, I guess I still so. my favorite person, <laughs> my favorite prospect doesn't get enough credit. I want to say this on air so that everyone knows the name. Remember the name, John Kenzie Noel, John Kenzie, 19 Noel. years old, 19 years old. I think he got up to high a or double a this year. Uh, hit okay. 340, 19 homers with a thousand plus OPS. So, dang! So he can bop and bop for average. Yep, and he's also stole a handful of bags. So interesting. Okay, so, I like that. Initial comp: Tory Hunter. <laughs> I think he's a first baseman. So, so maybe uh, not. <laughs> not. Uh, wheels for first baseman. Anyways, the team that I want to talk about is the. Seattle Mariners, aren't they fun? They're, they're they are fun. Possible playoff team, and we haven't said that since two thousand and two. So they're not there yet. They're still living on a prayer. But the fact that they're in the conversation right now, this late in the year, with the reputation being we fizzle out by July, at the latest. They also sold at the deadline. I mean, they yeah. traded they traded away their closer who was having a great year. I know. I don't <laughs> How understand. can you do that and stay competitive? <laughs> I don't understand, especially when they're um, their highest rated prospect gets called up and does not play well for two months. James Kelnick. Like Jared Kelnick, yeah. Jared is what I meant. <laughs> Jared <laughs> Kelnick. James Kelnick. Um, comes back up lights the world on fire i know i know so (laughs) it's a bizarre team um logan gilbert came up mid-season started a little slow but now he's showing why he was a top 15 pick you know what you know former hatter in recent memory this team reminds me of the cleveland team that went to the wild card in 2013 Against the Rays. Danny Salazar. Danny Salazar started that game. Yeah. You remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that was awesome. It was great. Um, I think that was the Nick Swisher Indians. Nick Swisher, Michael Bourne. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The glory days. Wow. 
that's a lot of money for a little production. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah. Wasn't Ubaldo Jimenez on that team? He certainly was. Uh, Ashley <laughs> Cabrera was there. And um, obviously Santana, Kipnis, Brantley, all those guys. Yeah, they were all there, but um, God, who else was there? Was that was that catcher Carlos Santana era? I no, no, there's no way. There's no way that was catcher Santana era. Um, it might have. That must have been. I think that was Jan Gomes. That would make sense. Or it was I think probably catcher Santana some... ended in like 2011. Except if Swisher was there, one of them was. Well, one of them was DHing. Uh, Swisher could have been playing the outfield. You're right. He could have been. That was a thing that we did for some reason. Yeah, um, that was an interesting decision. Lonnie Chisenhall, the right fielder. I had a love-hate relationship with that man. Uh, I agree. He'd have games where he just – he looked like a superstar. And then he'd have games where he looked like he started playing baseball the week before. Yeah. it's. <laughs> but when Lonnie Chisenhall was, was on, he was the best player on the field. Um, yeah. That, that game against Texas, that three-homer game. Oh, yeah. We know the one that we're referring to, the one that's in Canton. Yeah. <laughs> I recall. Yeah. I watched that game live, and I was like, I've never seen anything like this. And then I think the next game went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. Like, you know, so. Yeah, it was very, very, very interesting. I also still um, haven't I just... forgiven him for the – Game six of the World Series, Tyler Naquin, Lonnie Chisenhall let the ball drop between them. Remember <laughs> yeah, that? that was, yeah, that was. But then again, game. I can't be that mad. Cleveland was leading in game five of the World Series in the eighth inning. So yeah. um, I did. I just looked up the lineup for that 2013 wild card game. Oh. Um, and wow, it was a, Hit you know, all the names we remember uh, Michael Bourne. Yep. Swisher playing first base. Yeah. Kipnis, Santana, DH. Kipnis three-hole? Brantley. Kipnis three-hole. Wow. Three-hole Kip. Um, Carlos Santana, DH. Michael Brantley in left. Here's a name. Batting uh, sixth in right field, Ryan Rayburn. Ryan Rayburn. Wow. <laughs> Must have been a lefty on the mound. <laughs> the only explanation. Oh, it was Alex Cobb. So – yeah, it checks out. No, Cobb was a righty. Was he a righty? Yeah. Oh. Then maybe I'm misremembering this game. <laughs> I'm growing old. They had James James Loney. James Loney. Wow. Who are the who rounded out the lineup? Who rounded out the lineup? Is Drupal Cabrera, Jan Gomes, and third baseman at the time, Lonnie Chisenhall. Third baseman Chisenhall. Yeah. Wow. Third base Lonnie. Wow. That was the year when Mike Avilas would come in every once in a while and wave his bat around and hit a double. Right? <laughs> yeah. That was I a, believe so. That was a fun. I, and I I'm I don't know if this was the year, but I know Ryan Rayburn at some point, remember he was platooned with uh what was it David Murphy, who also yeah, had a funky I, batting stance? I think so. And this was also the year that every once in a while in extra innings, when Cleveland needed a home run tied three to three, they would call the number of Jason Giambi. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> the I Giambi. Remember that. <laughs> Didn't he hit like a big one 
uh, late in the season to help us get the wild card spot? I yeah. believe he did. I think so. I think it was a pinch hit walk off home run against Detroit. <laughs> yeah, something. I could like be that. wrong. Someone fact check for this this for me while they listen. But wow, that 2013 team was a lot of fun. They were like the, they, they were like the team of dreams, the team of destiny, and then got shut out in the wild card game for nothing. Yeah. Um, but hey, it showed, you know, a good step. I thought Danny Salazar was gonna be an ace after that, but and he was but alas for like four years. Four years like, might be a little generous. I would say right. I think ace is not the word like two years. All-star pitcher is the word, and he got there in 15 and 16, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And then and then played and then, one more game in the rest of his MLB career where his fastball topped out at 85. Yeah, you came over for that. We got Canes expecting to see the return of Danny, and then he looked awful. He looked horrible. Like, I don't – It had to be the long hair. He, he should have cut be. the hair. I am an odd believer of if you change up your appearance, your play style changes. I know that's Cody not Bellinger? Real. Yeah, Cody Bellinger. The one that always comes to mind is Iman Shumpert. I always thought he was awesome <laughs> with the flat top. His defense flat was top better he had the flat top. But the reality for that is his defense was better because he was younger and didn't get injured. <laughs> but he got injured and then changed his hair. And so I was like, it's the hair. And yeah. <laughs> the only logical explanation. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I am a believer in change the hair, change the play. So I don't know. Maybe that's he belly cleaned it up too. So is he back? There might be something to reckon with. Is he out of the eight hole? <laughs> <laughs> probably still in the eight hole, but I believe he got a haircut and shaved. Good. Could be wrong, but Good. I saw a picture. It might've been an old picture, but he had short hair and no beard. So I went to, a, I went to a Dodgers game this summer actually. Yeah. And I mean, I was so excited to see Cody Bellinger. I just, I'm a huge Cody Bellinger fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he took a pitch all game. I think he <laughs> swung at every pitch he saw. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he did. It was – they played the Diamondbacks and almost lost. It took a late comeback and a Max Muncy walk-off, but they almost lost. The beat the Arizona so. baseball Diamondbacks? Yep. Wow. Name a player on the Diamondbacks. Josh Rojas. Okay. Yep. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> also mad bum. Don't forget old Cole Calhoun. I believe he's still on the on the D-backs. Oh, you're right. I think he is. That defensive mastermind. <laughs> wow. This is a yeah. fun game. Find bad teams and say name a player. This is a fun game. <laughs> oh. Orioles is easy. You know, they have one good player, a couple good players, actually. The Diamondbacks are the team that I always just forget about. I forget about their existence every once in a while. I do too. For a wild card, but they're never good enough to be anything more than that, except for the one year when they were better than that with, you know, the big unit. But other than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's one for you. Uh, not saying Trevor's story. Who's someone on the Rockies? Oh, uh, da, 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 da. Blackman. Is he okay. Okay. Black yeah, he is. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, dang. <laughs> Someone not in Trevor's story on, on the rock. Wow. 
next year, you won't even have to say not named Trevor Story because he won't be there. Yeah. Who right. will win the Trevor Story sweepstakes? Probably someone with a lot of money. Probably New York. I don't know. For some reason, they've decided that the current middle infield situation does not spark joy anymore. I think Glaber Torres is still pretty good. I don't. He's I mean, pretty good, but I mean, you compare him with Trevor Story, there's no. Use comparison. that money elsewhere to solve your other problems, i.e., your pitching. If you're New York, there's plenty of teams that can do that. Yeah, it's odd. How about the eight? New York never seems to solve their starting pitching issue. <laughs> they got Garrett Cole, though. They got Garrett Cole. <laughs> right, but the the criticism of the Yankees is still their starting pitching. Like, yes, they have Garrett Cole. They replaced Luis Severino with Garrett Cole, so they went one ace to one ace. Like, they're supporting pitchers that they've tried to trade for, like J.A. Happ, Sonny Gray. None of them have worked in New York. I don't understand Jackson. it. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, I it, but I think isn't Sevy just hurt? I think Sevy's just hurt. Yeah, he's coming out of the bullpen now, but oh, he's back. Okay, he's out of the bullpen. But... He is, yeah, he is back for the first time since 2019. He threw a, a bullpen, threw out of the bullpen like two days ago. But yeah, give, is... give him a full spring training next year. He'll be back in the rotation. But there's still three more spots in that rotation uh, they need to fill, and right now their options just aren't that great. Yeah, I don't know if they got Nestor Cortez still working out of the pen or as a starter, but he's nah, fun to watch. I have no idea. <laughs> Just a funky lefty with a mustache. Always fun to watch. Absolutely. But, Name a Pittsburgh but, Pirate. A Pittsburgh Pirate? Oh, don't ask me how I know this, but Will Craig. Who? <laughs> Will Craig. I was going to say Adam Frazier. <laughs> Obviously not anymore. Brian Reynolds. You're right, Brian that. Reynolds. There you go. I believe Gregory Polanco still plays for them. Is Greg he's Polanco very bad now. I believe wow. so, but I believe he's also not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of baseball, a little off topic. Um, I saw a few weeks ago there was a proposed rule change to where each team would have a minimum salary instead of a salary cap. I saw Each that. team would have to have a minimum. What is, hypothetically here, let me ask you a question. Hypothetically, if that were to happen, how did the Indians get to that salary floor? Well, by league rules, you would have to I would I would imagine there's like a a deadline that Major League Baseball establishes, say, um, right. It'll probably go into effect like 2024, 2025, something like that. Let's say the year to year deadline is. um the day before the season starts, i.e. time to sign free agents and not sign free agents. After the season starts and you are below this salary floor, whatever that might be, baseball writes you a letter and say you and and tells you that you're no longer a viable owner for the team and that you have <laughs> to put it up for sale. I don't know. I mean, that simply won't happen. I don't see a way to – I don't know how you'd do it. Um, but – yeah, let's say the minimum salary is $50 million a year. Yeah, incrementally increasing. Cleveland's working with, what, 30 right now? If that, yeah. I mean, we traded Cesar Hernandez and Eddie Rosario, and those are two of our bigger earners. Yeah. I say, I say if you're the Indians, the first thing you do, or I guess the Guardians, soon-to-be Guardians, um, the first thing I'd do 
immediately hand over big contracts to Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber and Fran Mel Reyes for that matter. Oh, I agree. Fran Mel Reyes should never play for another team the rest of his career. Yeah, those three are the future. None of them should ever play for another team. I said the same. I mean, Fran Mel Reyes can't be a career guardian because he played for the Padres, but Bieber and and Ramirez can. Yeah. And I think I think if you got to spend the money, spend it well. Spend it on them. I agree. Not bad investments. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, it's a lot of baseball talk. Let's get to yeah. my favorite slash least favorite segment of the show. I <laughs> my say favorite this week. Yeah, I went one and two. Thank you to the Arizona Cardinals for bailing me out, even though for two and a half quarters, I was staring down the barrel of 0-3. So. <laughs> yep. And I finished 3-0. and um, so yeah. thank you to the 25% of the people on the Twitter poll who voted for my picks. Whatever. I hope you made some money. I somehow uh, won that. So the other 75% of the people who voted, um, I'm glad you lost money. <laughs> you didn't tell me you deserve to lose. <laughs> All right. Well, let's throw some picks at each other. Um, I will go first. The first game uh-huh. that I've circled that I will be following is Panthers at Cowboys. I like the Carolina Panthers plus four and a half. I think four and a half is a lot of points for an undefeated Panthers team. That's proven that they can put up points. The interesting thing about it though, obviously Dallas's strength is their offense. The Panthers strength is their defense. They currently have the best defense in the NFL, admittedly through three weeks. I think they'll cool off a little bit, but their defensive front is giving quarterbacks nightmares you saw that against um, yep. the team they played last Thursday night. So they're coming off of a, a Thursday night Texans. win. Texans, yeah. They're coming off a Thursday night win. They've got 10, 10 days to prepare for this game. Dallas was on a short week. So uh, the fact that Carolina had four more days of health and rest, I think that plays well in their favor. Plus Dallas came off a divisional win. Sometimes there's a letdown there. I also think the Cowboys are a little bit of fool's gold. However, they are my pick to win that division. Panthers plus four and a half. Interesting. My my first pick, I'm going to go Washington football team to cover the one and a half point spread against the Falcons. Um, The Falcons have, I think we all know by now, a terrible defense. uh, And the offense hasn't been that great. Uh, You it's only a matter of time before their offense rebounds, but it's very difficult to rebound as an offense against this Washington defense. So, well, you say for this that reason defense, but this year they're like ranked 30 something in the NFL. They're they've played poorly. Have they? I, I mean, admittedly, got, I've not watched many football. They've got the games. pieces and they will be bouncing back. Eventually they have the pieces to do it, but they've played pretty bad against some of the teams they've played. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, that's good to know. I still think they're going to cover. <laughs> it doesn't right. change that. Uh, All right. I, I do remember seeing one play, though, where it was a play downfield, and Chase Young was almost running stride for stride with the running back. I thought that was crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, they, they have dudes, and their defense will bounce back. It's just a matter, it's just a matter of whether or not it'll be this week. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think they'll still cover. Um, you know, I think they have – talent on offense that doesn't get enough credit you know Terry McLaurin gets his credit but I mean 
we're not we're not realizing how good he's been. He's the past couple of years, you know, with all the quarterbacks that have come through there, and the fact that he can still produce reminds me a little bit of Josh Gordon in his heyday. You oh, know, he, slight tangent. He had, Speaking of Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon, <laughs> NFL chief member, like yeah, yeah, well, good for Josh. Anyway, could be, could be scary, but then again, he also could only get like five snaps a game, like he did in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> could also be but, in the league for two games total before he gets this again. No, I I think he's here to stay. I I, I want everyone to stop talking bad about Josh Gordon. <laughs> I want that. Oh, I do too. Love him. I do too. Um. Okay, I like that pick. Love him. My so next... back back to the point though. I do think I do think Terry McLaurin's quarterback proof, and that needs to be recognized more. Absolutely. My next pick is. Ravens at Broncos. Baltimore is minus one. I think Baltimore covers. Um, I have Baltimore minus one. If you look at the Broncos, yes, they've got a lot of playmakers on defense. I really like their cornerback room. Patrick Sertan and Kyle Fuller are both um, B plus B to A cornerbacks in the league. Uh, Sertan's played out of his mind so far. Um, but the Broncos are fool's gold, you know, they're three and oh, but they're three and oh against teams that are combined oh and nine. So I don't know what to take <laughs> from that. Um, very tough team to judge. I will say they win and they cover. So they, they beat bad teams in the way that you're supposed to beat bad teams. I will say that much. So I don't know. I just don't think they have, they faced anyone like Lamar Jackson this year yet clearly because no one's faced anyone like Lamar Jackson unless you've already played the Ravens uh, because he's one of one Um, yeah I think the Ravens offense is just too dynamic even for such a good uh, Broncos defense Um, and I think the Ravens defense is good it's good not great um, but it's always going to be prepared well and against a Broncos team that has a lot of good wide receivers. I'm interested to see this matchup because I'd say the Broncos have one of the best rosters in the NFL. I just don't think they're dynamic at quarterback, even though they're fine at quarterback. I think the the Ravens win and cover uh, Baltimore minus one. Yeah. For my second pick, I was also going to take that one. Okay. Uh, I think, I mean, I think a, a one point spread there is great value for, for the Ravens. Um, I would have probably guessed it would be, you know, like a, a three and a half, four point spread. Um, so for it to be one, I'm for sure taking the Ravens. They haven't looked amazing. Uh, they've looked beatable, uh, except for that game against the Chiefs. They did look pretty good there. But even in that game, they made their mistakes. They were just yeah. able to capitalize on Kansas City's mistakes. Yeah, that's um, the thing about Teddy. He doesn't turn the ball over, so – yeah, so we'll it'll be tough. We're both wrong on that one. Yeah, um, I think they'll cover, but only if they play a mistake-free game because the Broncos are, I think, one of those teams that are just going to be steady and they're not going to beat themselves. You got to come beat them. Um, yeah. So if the Ravens play mistake-free football, it doesn't have to be pretty. They'll, they'll win and they'll cover. That's the thing. I think it comes down to how many turnovers the Ravens have. Um, yep. So that's the storyline. My 
Actually, no, your turn. It's your turn. All right. For my last pick, I am going to go with a, a bit of a surprising one. Uh, I'm going to take the Titans minus six and a half against the Jets. And I say it's surprising because the Titans have not impressed me this year. Uh, the defense is eh. I mean, Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry. Um, I believe A.J. Brown has been playing too well from what I've seen. Um, they're just, you know, they're a very eh team. But but when when you're struggling as a defense, the best thing that can happen to you is you face a rookie quarterback who's thrown a lot of picks. And I mean, look at the games. Browns. They got lucky because it was Justin Fields' first career start. I don't think it's unfair to say that the Browns' defense was struggling the first two weeks because they were. And then they bounced back and were the best defense in the league week three because they played yeah. a rookie. Yeah, but I think I think – the Titans defense and the Browns defense are on completely different levels talent-wise. Oh, I agree. Um, but I think I think the fact that they're playing against Zach Wilson um, is going to help them. It's going to help them a lot <laughs> because you know a rookie quarterback, you know, coming out of a program like like BYU, not a Bama, not a not an SEC Big Ten, you know, where they play great great defenses and pro style and all that. Um, he throws picks yeah. <laughs> judging based on the first three weeks, he throws picks. And yeah. I, I don't think this week will be any different. I think, but I do think the Titans, if they want to be successful, you just have to pound Derek Henry, give them the rock 30 plus times this week, control the pace. You're bound to score some touchdowns. If you give him the ball that many times and the defense will come up with a couple big plays against Zach Wilson. I think they'll win by a touchdown and an extra point. My final pick is uh, Steelers at Packers. Packers minus six and a half. Dang, we really like favorites this week, huh? <laughs> Good teams win, great teams cover. Exactly. Steelers uh, are not a great team. I agree. And if this was at Pittsburgh, I might have leaned Pittsburgh plus six and a half, but Green Bay has one of the best home field advantages in the league. Um, Pittsburgh is going in the wrong direction. The Packers every game have played better than the previous. So week one was a stinker week two. They bounced back against the lions and played well, even though the lions stuck around in the game for the first half. And then they came and beat the 49ers and controlled that game. You know, they, they dominated that game. So just took Aaron Rodgers some time after missing. Yeah, most of after, the offseason. So. After deciding whether or not football sparks joy. Yeah. Deciding between football and Jeopardy. Yeah. What a problem to have. Anyways, Packers <laughs> minus six and a half. I don't think Steeler, the Steelers' offense is dynamic enough. Against the Bengals in the game that the Steelers lost, Ben threw the ball like 58 times, and he had like 30 completions under five yards. I'm going to say it. I've been saying it. I'm going to say it again. Big Ben is wash. When you ask that's ben, right, Steelers oh, yeah. fans, you heard oh yeah, me. I mean, I, I think everyone that watches the game can see that at this point. I think if you ask Ben Roethlisberger to throw the ball sixty times, sixty times, you're not in a any good quarterback position. Successful doing that, like I think even the only Patrick person Roethlisberger, he had to throw it sixty times would struggle too. The only person I've seen be successful throwing the ball that many times was Jared Goff back when he was good for that one year. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. But that was it. <laughs> yeah. 
So you're asking him to do way too much with a body that doesn't work anymore. Um, and I like Najee Harris. I think he's a good running back. It's bizarre that the run game is anemic in Pittsburgh still. So that settles the age old debate. Does the run game start with the running back or the offensive line? It starts with the offensive line and the offensive line in, in Pittsburgh is getting older. Um, they lost their center in Villanueva and Villanueva. Um, they're shuffling around pieces. It's not the best offensive line. And if you're going to win games with Ben Roethlisberger at your quarterback, you have to have a top three offensive line because he's not moving out of that pocket. So, yeah. Yeah. There was also a play in this Ravens game where it was fourth and 10, uh, I think within the 15, almost to the 10. Um, and they were going for it. Ben Roethlisberger just, it, I don't know if it was like a designed swing pass, but he just immediately threw straight to the running back. Like, I don't even know if he took a downfield read on fourth and 10 screened at six yards behind the line of scrimmage on a play that wasn't like a designed screen. Um, I think, I think big Ben's playing a little scared. I think he's scared to get hit now. I think so too. Just my thoughts. He knows that one, one hit will likely end his career. One bad hit. Yeah. In his defense, I would be scared of a pass rush in the NFL too. So, in his defense. That is fair. But <laughs> we're also not, what, like 6'4", 250, something like that. He's huge. He's a big man. There's a reason his nickname is Big Ben. Yeah. Let me look this up. I'm, I'm curious. This is – you don't have to record this, but I'm just curious to see how big he is. He's 6'5", and – He's 6'5", 240. So that's not a small man. Oh, yeah. So it all comes tumbling down eventually. Yep. Um, In his anyways, case, that was a yeah. couple years ago. A couple games oh, that I think are interesting that I won't bet, but I think are interesting. Um, Bills at Texans, Buffalo's favored by 17 and a half. That's a lot of points against an NFL team. It's a lot yeah. of points. That's all I'm saying. So not going to bet it because I can easily see the Bills winning by 35, but 17 and a half is a lot of points. Quite a large number. That's all I'm saying. Just, just keep track of that game. I don't know when the last time someone covered that large of a spread was. Every week in college. Oh, yeah, but that's college. <laughs> You're exactly. Ohio State going up against <laughs> some guys that actually go to class. So the difference. <laughs> Some guys that do their own homework. Some guys that are in college, they're playing football in college as a way to pay for college for free instead of going to the NFL. So, yep. But it is what it is. That'll be an interesting game. I believe the Bills have won both of the both of the games they've won this year have been by like 20 plus points, so it could yeah, happen. It could. Anyways, keep an eye on it. Any fadeaway takes before we send you listeners off? Fadeaway takes. Um, the Browns have a brutal s- stretch of schedule coming up. That they do. I do know that. Um, that they do. Chargers, Chargers for real? And Yeah. Are the Chargers real? Question mark. I say yes. I think they're pretty good. Justin Herbert is really good. 
if you didn't I know. also say yes. Their defense is pretty fantastic yeah. from what I've watched. But one more take. The Cleveland Baseball Guardians of Traffic will be competitive next year. Mark Put that in your reserve book. Nolan Jones will open the season as the starting left fielder. Wow. All right. So remember that. And one more hot take as we fade away. I think I think a Jose Ramirez extension gets done this offseason. I hope so. I Nolan's hope. feel pressure from the fans. Um, but we've never had great attendance, but I'm sure it's you know plummeted a little bit after the Francisco Lindor trade. So, you know, as an owner, especially a cheap owner, you're not going to make much money if you don't have players the fans want to watch. Um, yeah. And Jose Ramirez is that. So I agree. I agree. I agree. If you want to make money, you got to spend money. I agree. All right. Well, I don't have anything to leave you guys with. So I think that will be it for our week four NFL preview. Um, Check our Twitter to vote on our picks and we will see you next week. As always, I'm Isaac. And I'm Will. We will catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.